If you went to Magic Kingdom between 1995 and 2003, and your parents weren't as concerned as some others were about the effects of the rides, chances are you rode the extraterrestrial alien encounter ride in Tomorrowland. It was a huge change for Disney, as Magic Kingdom was referred to as the park for kiddies. The attraction's official opening was delayed at first, because park guests complained about the violence of the show. One executive thought it actually wasn't enough, and months later, it was revamped and officially opened. It was a tone shift, alright. Children wailed when the doors opened, and parents were desperate to try and calm them down by promising a next ride. One that was smoother, calmer, and more Disney-like. For me, it was a blast. I was 13 years old when I went on it, and I remember going several times. The ride was pretty simple. An alien was teleported into the room, and everything went wrong. When it actually escaped its teleportation pod, you could feel its fingers touching your head, its horrific warm breath on your neck, and its weight. How did they do this? Imaginary magic in the form of technological harnesses. As controversial as it was, the ride was quite popular at the time. It gave a chance for the grown-ups to actually have more fun in the park, which reeked of strollers in the heat, melted ice cream, and summer-induced sweat. As fun as Space Mountain and the Haunted Mansion were, this was an admirable decision by Disney executives to wink at teens and young adults. Needless to say, when the attraction officially changed to Stitch's Great Escape, there was a huge groan heard around the world. The official reason it closed was that it wasn't doing so well among guests. Kids never stopped crying at the alien appearing in the teleportation tube, and urban legends said some were even traumatized at the idea presented in the attraction. I never thought it was that crazy of an idea. It was just an alien eating people. Big deal. At some point, I actually met a former Magic Kingdom employee who knew a lot about the attraction. He was this disturbed old man who seemed eager to share info, but I quickly noticed he didn't do it with joy. I don't know if he was ashamed of having been there or if he was actually afraid I would catch him lying, but after the long and only conversation we had, I knew why he seemed unsettled. The story brought him fear. He eventually revealed to me why the alien counter rise suddenly closed, and it's something I still can't believe is real. Nevertheless, seeing him shaking and hearing his voice trembling, I can't shake off the feeling that there was some truth to what he said. The story he told me took place in October 2003. The park wasn't open to guests yet, but Disney had started experimenting with early theme park entry and extended schedules. This feature was only enabled for resort guests. Yeah, those family groups we all dreamed to be a part of. Close to the official closing time, a family had gone on the ride. Among them, a ten-year-old boy who, witnesses say, ran back and forth, excited to be in the almost empty park. Versions differ about other groups going on the ride on that occasion. And of course, Disney won't tell you about this. Supposedly the ride went smooth, and operators did their thing. The Android pre-show wasn't a new thing for the family, as other rides also included animatronics. The kids screamed at first when the nice version of the alien showed up. It was funny that this fake scare always worked. 
As the family went into the chamber, they willingly decided to sit away from each other. The two older kids went to the area closest to the central tube because they knew the special effects felt more intense over there. The parents simply sat there and trusted the theme park where nothing bad could happen. A ten-year-old boy sat in the upper levels, just behind his parents. Cameras confirmed this. He took the seat and moved his arms and legs, and actually was shown to have smiled excitedly for the upcoming show. The footage was seen by a few people. One of them, the man who told me the story, he was a tech who operated doors when there was a malfunction, and in extended park hours, he remained inside rides that didn't fail. Wise guy. As he says, the footage didn't show much because the camera sat behind a foggy area of the show. He remembers watching the kids settle, and harnesses going down by the hydraulic system, with sensors that allowed the harnesses to stop once they reached their shoulders, as the alien trampled on the riders. The laughs, the smirks, and the excitement was apparent. Footage isn't useful as fog immediately gets in front of the camera. After a few minutes of spectacular special effects and horrible screaming, the relief sounds are heard in the small chamber. However, apparently someone in the room wasn't breathing. My witness remembers security staff going inside the chamber and the lights being on. He looked at the area where they were all gathered. The mother's wails were extremely loud and she frantically ran out. The father fell on his knees and put his hands on his mouth. The brother stared in awe. The ten-year-old sat in his seat, eyes wide open, completely blank, and from his mouth dripped blood. The harness still sat over what had once been a developing kid's shoulders. It had gone down way past the limit of safety and regular height, and had trampled the ten-year-old kid, making an inert mass out of him. The legs hanging limpless, and arms broken, his hands, palms up, as if begging for mercy. As I started asking him how this happened, he shook his head in desperation. I was instantly shaken by the fact that a technological malfunction could be responsible for this and was going to ask him about it. He just closed his eyes and whispered, This wasn't a malfunction. There was something heavy enough to pull that harness down. My stomach sank as every other legend about Disney showed in my head. Stories about costume characters being something from out of this world, or psychopaths who went too far to try to look like a Disney character. Was this man going to say that an actual alien was responsible for this? I pushed the idea out of my head. I had to be respectful, but objective to this insane story. He went on saying the pressure valves of the harness were broken. Something really heavy stepped on it and jumped down several times. The harness was supported, but then it failed. In every jump, bones were cracked, and in the last one, organs exploded. I noticed I was the one shaking my head now. He stared at me and nodded at my desperate glance to find some logical truth. He finished his story saying the only clue the security staff seemed to notice at first was a yellow-like shadow on the harness. I froze when I thought of the many yellow things in Disney. It was a dominant color. There was something I remembered the most. Mickey Mouse and his feet inside those huge yellow shoes. 
A reply was unnecessary. I stood up and went on my way. The conversation had ended, and I noticed, as I looked back to comfort the man, his head was in his hands, crying. It's hard to say if what he told me was true or not. All I know is my favorite ride shut down unexpectedly, and today, I don't like to remember it that much. Some nights, I dream of being inside it, and that damn harness pulling down, as a so-called alien jumps over and over onto my shoulders. <laughs>